Um, uh, Anytime you're ready, pal. Uh, Hey, all you dudes and dudettes, welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. I'm your host, Tyler Bentz, and this is your other host, Woody Brown. What's up, dude? Oh, man, dude. It's, uh, boy, we're back in the swing of things, and I'm Mm -hmm. liking it, you know? Yeah. Um, Although, I feel like for this episode, should we, like re-go through the intro several more times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to really drive it home, you know? Bear with me here, okay? Right, I want you to do something, man. I want you to close your eyes, listener. Well, hold on a minute now. If you're driving. If you're driving. How about this? No. Do me a favor. You, <laughs> Tyler, and listener. Okay. I want you to, to turn back the clock with me here. We're going to go back to 1993. Mm, I mean, mm. such a great year. It was a pivotal time in my life. I'm sure yeah. it was in yours. Yeah. It was just amazing, dude. I, when I think back to 1993, I think of Doc Martens. I think about riding around in my older friend's car, mm-hmm. you know, listening to songs on our local alternative radio station called 99X. Yes. That, by the way, doesn't exist anymore. Tragic. No. Okay. Or uh, 103.7 The Bulldog. Remember that one? Kind of, but I i mean, I was a hardcore 99X listener, man. Well, I was too, but before that was the Bulldog, and it was like a lot more indie. It was from Athens, so it had like mm-hmm. like a lot more violent films. Well, you could get it R&M. where you lived, but... Oh, that's right. Like yeah. where I lived in Gwinnett County, growing, mm-hmm. you know, in high school or whatever, it would kind of come in and out, and so I, just yeah. didn't, I didn't have the patience for that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like you would turn on the... Dude, I mean, just... If you think about that time, songs on the radio were like Cannonball by The Breeders. Yeah. Daughter by Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. Round Here by Counting Crows. Still a favorite. Today by Smashing Pumpkins. And of course, mm. Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana. I mean, yes. if you go through the list of albums that came out in 93, it's going to blow your mind. Yeah. It was also an incredible year for movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, dude, I'm pretty sure, because when I looked at this, I'm almost positive that every movie that came out in '93 was good. I, I well, I don't I don't know that I would go that, but I've seen either in the theater or renting them from Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Let me just name a few of them: Tombstone. Ever oh, heard of it? The best Western movie I mean, ever. My gosh, dude! Cliffhanger, Ooh, Jurassic yeah. Park. People. There we go. RoboCop three. Mm. Well, you know, it's still <laughs> come on. It's RoboCop. I did. I did like that he could fly. That was like. I don't. I don't even remember. Did As a kid, I, that was you saying that zero memory of that. That means I'm popping it in the old VCR as soon as we're done today. Well, what's funny is I don't even remember him flying in the movie. I just remember the ad in comics that showed him mm. with like a jetpack yeah. on. Do you remember like the thing that he would do where he like the bird finger spike? Yes, thing? yes, dude. Yeah. How I knew, I knew how you, you were going to talk about that. About. That's amazing. <laughs> I loved how his like gun would like go into his leg. So cool. oh yeah, uh, a Bronx Tale, one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Coneheads, Son-in-Law. Mm-hmm. Dazed and confused. Yeah, Demolition Man. If you're into mm. horror, you'll remember Leprechaun. Mm. Uh, Wait, did, did Candyman come out? No, that was no, later. that's later. <laughs> How about Hard Target? You know that movie with Jean Claude Van Damme sporting what I would consider an incredible mullet. Oh yeah. Let's not forget about the critically acclaimed American Ninja Five. Now, mm. despite all those hits and mm-hmm. tons, tons more. I think it's the perfect time of year to talk about one of our all-time favorite movies that literally I can and will watch over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and that is Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when this comes out, it's not going to still be Groundhog Day, but still, what an incredible movie. Now, before well, we dive... Real quick, though. Okay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you <laughs> miss Tyler as much as I did... You, you probably are, you know, also missed. I'm so him. excited. You know, if you go back and listen to last week's episode, how many times did I interrupt him when he was telling the story of Spring Hill Jack? The well, answer you you're looking for is zero. Say. I'm still getting interrupted. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, before we move on, uh, we did look this morning because my daughter, Amelia, was asking, and he did see a shadow. So we do have more, more cold weather. 
Is that cold weather or? Is that right? God, I get this wrong every single time. Oh, man. I think, yep. he, I think he did see a shadow. Yep. You're right, man. Puxatani Phil saw a shadow. So six more weeks of winter. Yep. Anyway. Um, but, well, before, it's funny that you brought that up. So, you know, you interrupted me. Forgiven. Mm-hmm. I, before we get into the movie, I kind of want to talk a little bit about, like, the history of Groundhog Day, if that's not going to be too boring. I know nothing I really about know, it. Yeah, dude. Me neither, man. I mean, yeah. let me tell you what they don't talk about in 1980s Texas, uh, whether or not there's a groundhog that sees a shadow. Because whenever I was there, there wasn't really any winter the entire time I lived there. But anyway, mm-hmm. so we're going to, believe it or not, get back into the old 1800s, man. On February 2nd, 1887, mm. Groundhog Day uh, was celebrated for the first time in Gobbler's Knob, mm. Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. And that was one year before Jack the Ripper showed up. Man. And uh, Gobbler's Knob. Interesting. uh, Yeah. Interesting place. But anyway, according to the tradition, if the groundhog comes out of its hole. Maybe we want to take that again. The groundhog. (laughs) (laughs) According to tradition, if a groundhog comes out of its hole on this day, Mm-hmm. And sees its shadow, it gets scared and runs back into its burrow, predicting that six more weeks of winter are ahead. But which, no shadow means early spring. Dude, don't even get me started. What a weird. But yeah, where does that even well, come okay, from? Okay, so basically, it, it, Groundhog Day as a whole has its roots in this ancient Christian tradition of Candlemas. And that's when clergy would bless and distribute candles needed for winter. The candles would mm-hmm. represent how long and cold the winter would be. And Germans expanded on this concept by selecting an animal at that time, a hedgehog, as a means of predicting the weather. Then kind of like a lot of those old ancient traditions and then potentially cryptids Mm -hmm. kind of came with the settlers. And so the German settlers in Pennsylvania kind of continued that tradition. And, you know, it kind of morphed or transitioned from a hedgehog to the groundhogs because, you know, they were plentiful uh, Mm -hmm. in, in Pennsylvania. So anyways, that's kind of like where it started. And I got to say, man, this movie, like I said earlier, it's one that like I can watch over and over and over again, mainly because I think the same would be true for almost any Bill Murray movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, God, dude, he's so freaking hilarious. Now, here's something that I, at the time, didn't know about this movie. Mm-hmm. But it was directed by Harold Ramis. What? Yes. Wow. He also like co-wrote the screenplay with this guy named Danny Rubin. I looked up Danny Rubin to see if he had like written anything else because I thought the writing was really good. Yeah. And I think Harold Ramis and Bill Murray kind of working together created some of the brilliance of it really. But mm-hmm. Danny Rubin didn't really – I mean, okay, so he wrote uh, Groundhog Day – a movie that came out that same year, Hear No Evil. Oh, yeah. And um, just like a couple other, like, I don't know, things here and there, man. I mean, not mm. really a lot. He apparently was an actor in Freaky Friday that came out in 2003. He just plays this, like, bass player. Um, That's weird. Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, man, I mean, like, just little here's and there. So I think mm-hmm. maybe, you know, Ramis kind of, yeah, I don't know. Took the helm there, but which, by the way, I uh, I'm a little embarrassed because I totally thought this was still technically in the '80s for some reason. Oh, what the movie? Yeah, it kind of has that feel, dude. But it's got the um, I don't know. It does seem like an early '90s movie as you watch it. And if you've never watched this movie, folks, oh, it's so good, man! You got to see it. it it's yeah. just perfect. I mean, there's Bill Murray, Andy McDowell. Um, what's his name, dude? Yeah, who's the other the dude that that's on like yeah the camera the camera guy Chris Elliott yeah who he's you might know so him good. from like SNL in the nineties but also he was in that movie Cabin Boy and yeah. he plays Dom in There's Something About Mary yeah um, he's just like one of those dudes that is he's hilarious no matter yeah. what he does man he's kind of awkward and I didn't know this but you know he has a um, a daughter that I believe is also. Either she was on SNL. Hmm. I'm gonna send you a picture of his daughter, man. When she sounds hot. Before, in a, I mean, she was in SNL, but also she's in 
you know, a ton of different stuff. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I know her. Yeah, his, it, to me, the, the funniest role is, uh, what was like the, the scary movie, like parody? What was it called? Oh, oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, scary what movie. He, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What he has like the little weird dude. like hand. Yes, man. Put it Hold in on. a strong hand. Who, I guess he's like the butler or something in Scary mm-hmm. Movie too, and he's got that like kind of weird hand, and he's like, "Oh, I'll take the luggage for you." And the guy's like, "Uh, <laughs> like that kind of humor, you yeah. know? I don't know, man. For the it's time so period, funny. it's just hilarious, man. He's like mixing the mashed potatoes with his That's hand, the and, funniest like, part. and like licking his fingers and be like, <laughs> "Oh, it's so good." Oh man, so hilarious. Yeah, they're um, like they're so hungry, and like he keeps sticking his like weird little hand. Into the food. Those are delicious. Thank you, my child. I made them by hand. (laughs) Okay, here we go. I think the taters are just about done. I'm just going to give them one quick whisk. So gross, man. Yeah. Uh, Now, I got to say, Andy McDowell, oh, man. Huge crush on her. Such a crush, man. And she has this, like, really interesting accent, you know, in the movie. I think I she's from Georgia. I see where she's from, man. I hope so. I think she is. Well, she's from South Carolina. Oh, and it makes enough. perfect sense because, like, I think as a youngster, I didn't really notice the accent, but the most recent time, you know, watching the movie again, mm-hmm. man, she's just boy. I just had such a massive crush on her, man. Especially for us, because we don't really have any sort of accent, especially southern sounding accent. Mm-hmm. So wow, it's always boy, you really- just sound southern when you said that. <laughs> Uh, no, I loved her. Uh, she's, she kind of has like a, like a classy, she just seems really like sweet. Yes. Like she has that innocent. I mean, it's perfect casting for her role in the movie. But it seems like she, I mean, maybe she's the greatest actress in the world and she's not, but she, she has that thing where it's like, oh, I would bet a million dollars that she's exactly this sweet in real life. Can I just say something just again? Andy, if you're listening now, I apologize for Tyler's um, Come immediate on. dismissiveness on whether or not you're the greatest actress in the world. I, I think you're very talented. So I also said she's classy. Don't to, you know, put that out there. You are very classy um, mm-hmm. and still, still gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. So if you've never seen this movie, which I'm sure most of you have, if you're if you're listening to our show, the the sort of like broad uh, story is that Bill Murray plays this guy who's a weatherman, and in just classic Bill Murray character, he's just kind of like a curmudgeon. Yeah. He, he's just not he's very excited about just his life and, and having to go and, you know, to this Groundhog Small Day Festival. In, well, and it's, and it's in um, Puxatani. Yeah. That's where they go, right? And mm-hmm. so he, he's got to cover it, and he just hates it, right? He just feels like, you can tell he's one of those guys that feels like he should be further along th- than he is, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he lives this day at the very beginning of the movie mm-hmm. on Groundhog Day, actually. And, you know, he's just, again, negative, kind of hard to work with. Chris Elliott plays the camera guy or whatever, and Andy McDowell kind of plays uh, the, the, I guess, the producer. And he's difficult to get along with, and the day ends, and he can't wait to get out of there, right? And so, like, at the end of the day, they're trying to leave, but they're, like, snowed in. <clears throat> right. And... So they have to go back to this hotel. It's like a bed and breakfast. Bed and breakfast, yeah, that he's staying in. They have to go back, and he's just, frankly, he's just pissed off about that too. So he's just miserable. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, he he just notices like these odd coincidences, like, oh, the radio's playing the same song when he wakes up at 6 a.m. And then the announcers, like, he, yeah, the Sonny and and Cher song. And then, like, one of the comments that he makes is like, oh, playing the old yesterday's tape again, huh, boys? Kind of embarrassing. And then as he <laughs> yeah. steps out of his room, like the people are basically saying the same. He notices that the same things are happening. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like that's the beginning of this like sort of time loop that he gets trapped in. Yeah. Which is sort of like the main sort of theme of this movie. Mm-hmm. And as it goes along, you know, he basically learns to enjoy life. He falls in love and yada, Mm -hmm. yada, yada. And, you know, there are so many, so many funny parts to the movie. But, like, one of them that always I loved and still stands out to me is when he... God, dude. When he runs into, like, uh, what's the guy's name? Ned. 
Yeah. Um, Ryerson or something like that, right? Yeah. So yeah. he runs in this guy, and of course this dude is, his character is like annoying. Um, and he's like a real estate, or a no, uh, insurance. Wait for it. Of course he's a freaking insurance <laughs> yeah. salesman. Yeah. Right? Phil? Hey, Phil? Phil? Phil Connors? Phil Connors, I thought that was you. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for watching. Hey, hey. Now, don't you tell me you don't remember me, because I sure as heck fire remember you. Not a chance. <laughs> Ned! Ryerson! Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Ned Ryerson got the shingles real bad senior year, almost didn't graduate. Bing! Again! Ned Ryerson, I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times till you told me not to anymore. Well? Ned Ryerson? Bing! Bing! <laughs> so did you turn pro with that belly button thing, Ned, or uh, No, what? Phil, I sell insurance. What a shock. Do you have life insurance? Because if you do, you could always use a little more. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Right, right, right. Ned, I would love to stand here and talk with you, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> See hey, that's all right. I'll walk with you. And then, like, that's even Bill Murray's uh, reaction. He's like, yeah, I sell insurance. And he's like, of course you do. Yeah. And then I'm like, hey, man, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. your role, man, okay? Mm -hmm. But, like, so the first time he sees him, though, and we've all been in that situation, man. That's why it's, like, so hilarious. You can relate immediately. <laughs> and, and, the, and, you know, Bill Murray's, like, line every single time somebody recognizes him, he's like, thanks for watching, you know? <laughs> Which is also hilarious. Yeah. Got the shingles real bad senior year. Almost <laughs> didn't graduate. Bing. It's just his facial expressions. Bill Murray's facial expressions are just amazing. But yeah. like, we've all been in that situation where somebody, unfortunately, like recognizes you. You don't really recognize them oh, and you're trying to play it off, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, like, those other two would be hard to forget. But then, like, the third yeah. one, it's like, I dated your sister. <laughs> and he's like, still nothing. So funny. Yeah, he, he he just, he has this, like, like, it's, he's such a, you know, sort of asshole curmudgeon. But, like, man, he's so charismatic that, Bill Murray, that, like, mm -hmm. he just, it's, like, hard to dislike him almost. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like, he plays a lot, he plays his character a lot. You know, right. like uh, it's kind of like Scrooge. He's he's a little bit more charming in Ghostbusters. Yeah, right. Like less of a less of an a hole. Mm -hmm. um, but this kind of thing where it's just kind of like he's a little bit above everything, you right. know. Yeah. Uh, but he does it in a way that yeah is just so like funny and and in some ways like kind of relatable times. But mm -hmm. you know, another kind of cool fact is like one of his brothers, Brian Doyle Murray. It, it plays like I think he plays like the mayor or whoever's like holding the the wait that's his groundhog brother? or whatever, dude. This guy is in so many. He's the guy in, the mustache. In, I don't know if he has a mustache. Hold on a second. second. Yeah, this is the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, the guy with the mustache. Yeah, dude. He he plays in like that's he's in a lot brother. of stuff. He's in Wayne's World. He's in National. He's in Caddyshack. I love that guy. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he is in a lot of the same movies that, that Bill Murray is in. There's another wow. brother. There's a couple brothers that Bill Murray has that kind of show up from time to time in those movies. That's a fun rabbit hole to go down. It's it's pretty cool. But, you know, one of the things that really kind of, you know, always used to draw me to this movie <clears throat> is the concept of reliving a day mm -hmm. over and over, you know, and like what would you do? You know, and and so in this movie, you get to see Bill Murray do a lot of it, and then ultimately, like, and this is part of the reason why, like, I haven't shown my kids this movie yet. It's just like he gets tired of it, and then he just like, yeah, tries to end himself in various different ways. You yeah, know? Um, I, I do like the you know not to jump the gun here, but I do love the the product the uh, huh? Jesus. There's that COVID brain again. I love the progression of like. You know, he goes from just like being annoyed to just being, you know, hating it to just trying to kill himself, and then he then he kind of goes into this other sort of like kind of uh, area of like self improvement, using mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. all the time you have to be a better person, and yeah. it's really interesting. And honestly, I I think <coughs> I think the main takeaway with this is just how um, I don't know, kind of how daring maybe the script was. I mean, mm -hmm. like. I don't know that you could just take this to a studio nowadays and be like, 
here's the plot. Yeah. He's just going to wake up in the same town every single day over and over and over. Although I don't they, know that it would ever they, get made now. Although they kind of did, though. You know, like, what was that movie with any... Uh, well, yeah, but, like, I mean, there's been several movies that kind of rip it off, but I don't think that would be possible without Groundhog Day coming first. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Yeah, it certainly paved the way. Palm Springs is the movie I'm I'm thinking of, which Palm I loved. Yeah, with Andy Samberg and, um, I don't oh know gosh, what's the that. girl's name? You've not seen it? Kristen Meloidy? You just made that name up. I may have mispronounced her last name, but Springs. come on, dude. You've seen this movie. Um, I'm sure. We, I think we've talked about this. Oh, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen it. Yeah, it's amazing, this is, dude. Yeah, this is one of the ones that's exactly. It's almost like a direct, I mean, not direct ripoff, but in a way, it, it almost kind of really, it is, you know, in a way. Isn't, isn't there like a like a, <laughs> a little bit of, uh, don't they talk about like like physics and like string theory a little a bit? A little bit, Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that movie. That was a good. Yeah, movie. it was good. But like, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's kind of a brilliant concept. I mean, just think about creating that idea. Like, hey, man, um, we've got this idea for a movie. Mm-hmm. There's this, you know, small town weatherman who mm-hmm. is, you know, mid forties, doesn't really enjoy his, his life or job. He's single. He's kind of an ass. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes to cover this Groundhog Day celebration. And then he just unfortunately has to relive this day over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again until he kind of, it's almost like until he becomes enlightened in a way. Yeah, it, it is a very sort of dharmic kind of right concept of yeah. like, oh, well, you're not ready yet to ascend, you know, mm-hmm. so you have to just continue this, you know, wheel of time, if you will. And I'm always like a big fan of like, you know, he has like the quote unquote cheat codes here he can kind of like figure things out and it shows mm-hmm. it like initially. And I think the same thing kind of happens in Palm Springs, uh, that movie that we just talked about. Like he figures out all these details about Andy McDowell's character yeah, that he can kind of use to his selfish benefit to kind of have her fall for him, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's like one day where it like really, like he doesn't know everything yet, but they just had this incredible day together. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of like ruins it because he knows that the day is going to end and he doesn't want it to. And so she's like, well, I, I, you know, I got to go. And he's like, he kind of comes off as a creep because he keeps on like trying to keep her there. And she's like, no, I mean, this is, this is weird. And then he's just like, I mean, I'm in love with you. And she's like, you don't even hardly know me. Right. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. So like, it's such a tragic kind of. Oh, dude, it's super tragic. But like following that, there are some really funny sequences. Like when he's trying to like, do it exactly the same way like <laughs> yeah. he falls in the snow and he's like ha, ha, ha. you know like you rascal and like is having this snowball fight with these kids and stuff yeah um i just always thought that was like pretty funny and mm-hmm. kind of like i mean not to get too deep with it i mean it's kind of like a really interesting sort of like idea and and concept in that like simulation theory well <laughs> no um more of like even if you like live a certain day perfectly, right, in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. You have this memory that is just flawless. It's perfect. Everything lined up. It's just amazing. I think sometimes, especially like people like you and I, that like sort of romanticize these these memories and ideas, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you went back and lived them, it might not either, it might not be as perfect or if you try to recreate it, mm-hmm. it may not turn out in the way that you wanted to, you know? And so it's more like live in the moment and continuously, like you said, better yourself and mm-hmm. like really enrich those relationships with people around you. I mean, we just turned this podcast into like a motivation. Yeah. Motivational. Mm-hmm. You know, so forget yeah. about Tony Robbins for a minute and just tune in here, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from talking about a 90s movie to like real deep stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's just incredible. Yeah, movie, dude. I love it. I think it's really cool. This kind of veers a little bit away from the movie, but I do wonder if so. You were talking, you know, it's it's in Pennsylvania. You were talking about you know bringing some of those like originally the early like ancient Christian traditions over. I do wonder. So there's a lot of that that was brought over with like the Pennsylvania Dutch. And what's interesting is, and we'll we'll get into this later on a show. Um, is this thing called powwow, 
which is sort of this in the sort of Appalachian areas like uh, where I'm from, like Cleveland, Georgia, we called it like conjuring. It's also called like conjure magic or it's very sort of Christian based, but like this sort of magic thing. But there's all these like traditions and a lot of it comes from this book called uh, Long Lost Friend. But I wonder if some of this tradition like came out of that. You know, it reminds you Mm -hmm. of like the Farmer's Almanac and Mm -hmm. a lot of that sort of like what they would call granny magic or it's very sort of nature-based, like, oh, watching this the signs and the leaves right. and, you know, that kind of thing. So I wonder if I wonder if a little bit of that is rooted in that sort of... Oh, dude, I'm sure it is, you know. I think there's a lot of our, like, sort of annual and even mm-hmm. daily traditions that, man, I mean, if we had the time to just kind of dive back and kind of really research the origins of them all, you know. I mean, we kind of, I mean, we kind of did that last season when we did our Friday the 13th episode, mm-hmm. that was really fun to to kind of dive into where some of these things come from and how like it also differs. You know, like we, my kids and I, and well, my family were driving back from my brother-in-law's house the other day and this, there's this black cat. <clears throat> and, you know, growing up, a lot of people were like, oh, black cat, you know, uh, you got to go another way or you got to like make an X or you this have to, so you know, whatever. And then, you learn about that, and then you also learn that, like, but in Italy, it's good luck. Mm. So it can't be both, right? So it's yeah. like, I don't know, man. I, I kind of made a switch because I used to be, and I think I said it in that episode, I'm not superstitious. I'm a little superstitious. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, weird, it's weird that you say that because we literally had this exact moment the other day with my family in the car. A black cat crossed, and I immediately reached up and made an X on the windshield. Mm-hmm. And Courtney was my wife was like, "What are you, what are you doing? doing? What is this?" <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean, and like as silly as it sounds, it's like I kind of choose to uh, I don't know to make my own luck, man. Like I'm I don't know, like my uh, go. you know I um, <laughs> everything that I got I, I earned it myself. You know I uh, I fought hard in the in the trenches in the depths. Guys. You know, back in the old neighborhood, there wasn't a lot of room <laughs> for messing around. You couldn't mm-hmm. be a weakling. You had to be strong. And if you weren't strong, you had to you get had to strong. Push back. You understand? Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I'm still kind of amazed, though, that this movie was made. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had kind of like, I mean, this is, okay, 93. Harold Ramis at this point was, I mean, he was writing. Well, at the, I mean, God, let us not forget that, I mean, he Ghostbusters. also, yeah, like he was, he not just Ghostbusters, dude. I mean, you trace it back, dude. He was writing like back in like Meatballs and Caddyshack, Stripes, Ghostbusters. God, he did all those back to school. Wow. I didn't know that Groundhog Day, of course. But I mean, so like he had some he had some hits under his belt that he could pitch to the studio. Yeah, that's you know? true. Like I, I just I I just mean as as far as like I think a lot of the, you know it's sort of it's sort of the Wes Anderson thing. It's like you know keeping those your same sort of group of actors which mm. I mean, by the way bill murray is yeah, kind of a west anderson, anderson club for sure yeah yeah but you know i can see ramus you know knowing that like well if the rest of the cast is terrible we have bill this murray guy will save it. yeah yeah which by the way i have to say i think the supporting cast like you said bill murray's brother and like the the little the funny like townsfolk and mm-hmm. and annie mcdowell the, i mean they're fantastic yeah, like man. it's a like there's not like a, you know, even in like some of the best movies ever, there'll still be sort of this terrible supporting like bit actor that does mm-hmm. something that you're like, okay, why did we have to have the guy kind of, and it sort of like takes you out of the movie for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But this movie is just, man, they're flawless. Like what what was the lady, oh, I'm totally going to mess this you up. You mean like the lady that runs the B&B? Maybe. Does she have like red hair or am I thinking of another lady? I can't. Yeah, Angela Patton is the name of the actress. Uh, she's awesome, man. Yeah, she's amazing. No, I'm thinking of another. Hold on, you might be thinking of this lady who I don't think she is the B and B. She's not the B and B lady. Right? Nope. Not her either. Okay. Oh, but she what? Yeah, she is in there because he like doesn't. She she's the there? one that like yeah, like he convinced he first thing he does like when he figures out. I mean, I think the first time he figures out, okay, I keep on reliving this day. He just goes up to this random, you know, attractive girl yeah. and says, 
hey, where'd you go to high school? And she's like, what? And she tells him, and he's like, now who did you, wait, wait, hold on, who did you have for English class? And she's like, I don't know, Miss Smith. And he's like, okay. And she just, and he just leaves. And then the next day he's like, Nancy? Yeah. Yeah, I sat right next to you in English class. And then he just like, even I think proposes to her. Dude, another one of my favorite sort of like things that he does. He goes and tells this girl that they're going to a costume party. And then he's dressed up like Clint Eastwood in like <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly with like the poncho and everything. Yeah. And and then the cab just like drops him off at the at the theater. And she's like, um, I thought we were going to a costume party. And he's like Like I said, I love this film. I've seen it over a hundred times. Phil? Told you. Call me Bronco. Sorry, Bronco. Hi, Nancy. My old fiance. I didn't remember me. Hey, Nancy. And then the lady's like, huh? Doesn't know him because <laughs> yeah. she hasn't met him in that timeline. That's amazing. So good, man. Uh, but yeah, th- there are some like really touching sort of moments at the mm-hmm. end too. That after these messages, we'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty-four-seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. Uh, but yeah, th- there are some like really touching sort of moments at the mm-hmm. end too that, you know, again, it's that sort of dharmic wheel, that sort of mm-hmm. karma kind of thing where, you know, you he, he kind of goes from a, kind of a bad character really mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, this sort of enlightened like good guy. And, uh, and that's sort of what allows him, like you were saying to begin with, that's kind of the thing that allows him to kind of, you know, yeah, get past, and, and it. because like he's living this day on repeat, it kind of like, it kind of like, it makes it hard to judge, right? Because like I think if I had to live, like you would try all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh, like yeah. I'd be like, well, today I'm gonna rob a bank and see what that's like. You know, mm-hmm. like you would do. I mean, I wouldn't 
all of a sudden become like Spring Hill Jack. Well, I don't know. You know, I wouldn't Maybe. attack yeah. women, but I would definitely try to like make some Spring Heels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love when he, when they park the car on the train tracks. See, you know, that sort of like. It is. Middle, it's funny, the, though, the, the way. The, the middle eight section of the movie. Yeah, right. Where it's just like all the different ways. It, it's just a little. Yeah. It's just a little intense sometimes. Definitely not for kids. One last thing that I want to say just about Bill Murray in general is like growing up, seeing him in movies like this and heck, even Caddyshack, but Ghostbusters and Scrooged and um, every Wes Anderson. What about Bob? Oh, that's what I was going to say. Like, I never would have imagined the just the incredible range that that he would have as an actor. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, his character in The Royal Tenenbaums and then, like, his character Life in Life Aquatic. Dude, oh. there's that moment when that Sigur Ross song yep. is playing and the, the, the shark that he's... Every time. You know, I don't want to spoil it, folks, but this is, like, one of my favorite scenes in any movie mm-hmm. ever. Same. You know, he's spending his entire life trying to essentially kill this, this um, shark that is, you know, well, it's a cryptid, frankly. Um that's eluded him this whole time and finally he comes in contact it's like the leopard shark or yeah something, something weird like that, like that yeah. he comes in contact with it again it's like swimming towards his sub and that song's playing and then he has just like this moment of realization it is beautiful Steve yeah it's pretty good isn't it I wonder if it remembers me Dude, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Which I I still haven't seen, uh, speaking of Wes Anderson, I haven't seen the French Dispatch. The French Dispatch. Yeah, me neither. Um, I usually watch those like as soon as they come out. But I was just talking about this last night, I think, with Anne. Like, dude, you know what movie I I really want to see again that I've only seen like maybe once is... um, Moonrise Kingdom. No, I've seen that one multiple times. It's so good. Uh, No, the the Budapest... um, Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I do love how Wes Anderson always, um, you know, there's a lot of people, and I know that we're really getting off track here, but mm-hmm. it'll make sense. But there's a lot of people that, you know, criticize Wes Anderson. And in some ways, like, a lot of his movies sort of, it almost yeah. becomes, like, predictable and everything. But I read this incredible quote, man, and I don't have it here in front of me, but I'm just going to have to paraphrase. And to me, it was like, dude, that is the most amazing way to kind of, I don't know, to defend his art, you know? So Mm -hmm. in the quote, he was basically saying, look, I I know that at the end of the day, like one of my favorite things to do, and if you've ever seen a Wes Anderson movie, you'll know exactly what I I mean whenever he says this, but he says one of my favorite things to do is essentially kind of like build the set and like the scene perfectly. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that sort of jumps out the first time you see, especially post bottle rocket really mm-hmm. is like every single frame is like immaculately yeah. placed and everything. Mm-hmm. And he said that like over time, he's like, you know, and I know some people don't like that or they think that, that I should do something different. And he's like, ultimately I kind of think of it as like, it's my, it's like handwriting. And he said that like, I decided to write my stories from then on, because he was kind of like struggling with that, you know, internally. Mm-hmm. And he said, from then on, I sort of decided I'm going to write all my stories using my handwriting. And I just thought, man, yeah. that is That's so cool. freaking awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does. It, it's kind of similar to, um, you know, uh, like I, my, I I can think Michael I can, Bay. I'm just kidding, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, yeah, Michael Bay he does that too. But it's just like, dude. No, I know. I, with every explosion, it's like these crazy phosphorus fireworks or lens like, that happen when a car crashes into a pole. Although I gotta defend him, like uh, it, there definitely is. I mean, as it's like cheesy, it is, and like oh, here's another like weird like Bud Light placement. Like it's so like over the top, like sellout. But like you gotta give it to him, man. They are like oh, they're entertaining. The they're so entertaining. Wait, did he do the first Transformers? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, 
Yeah. Mm, I thought it was LaBeouf. Yeah, it is, dude. Come on. That's from <laughs> that's from The Office. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, but like Armageddon and, mm-hmm. yeah, they all do kind of look the same. But no, what I was going to say is like, it's very much like, you know, I'm an artist. So I have this style where I have a million little tick marks and mm-hmm. everything else I, I do with a brush and I dip it into ink. It's kind of the same sort of thing. It's like you can look at a piece of my work and say, oh, that's that belongs to Tyler Bentz. Mm-hmm. Wes Anderson, you can literally take a screenshot of, or a screen grab of like just any random shot in any of his movies and you know that it's Wes Anderson and as much like shit as he gets, you got to give it to him because... I don't know many other directors that that you could ever do that with. Right. It's like there's just like a tone. I mean, even I, th- like, I think the ones that like end up being legendary, you can like. I mean, Tarantino has his style. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And of it's course. very much like with Tarantino, though. A lot of it's borrowed and sort of like re- not reused, but like there's a lot of like seventies. Oh yeah. Movies that he borrows from with Wes Anderson. Sort of man, I just feel like. You know, there's just this incredible, um, I don't know, style, man, that is just so cool. Immediately, you're just like, you want to notice every single detail. Yeah. You know, the yeah. dialogue is very, like, fast-paced and... Um, God, it's so funny. It's man. just so good, man. Um, I mean, a perfect example of, like, his whole career sort of synthesized into a little scene is, like, the on Rushmore when it shows... Mm-hmm. And again, the attention to detail is insane. When it it does like the little montage of like AV club, French club, airplane club, and in every one of these like little quick, super fast, like one second edits, the whole scene is made up and like God knows how long it took just to create this little, little like one second long little flash. You know what I mean? Yeah. So good, man. So uh, good. I we mean, need to do an episode just on Wes Anderson. Yeah, I think so, man. Because, like, I, you know, I want to know. Well, first, also, his soundtracks are yeah, that's just amazing. Because there's always like you the know, kinks relatively like, yeah, the Kinks and, and like some well-known bands. But he goes into like the deep cuts a lot of the time too. Mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. that like you know isn't necessarily like the popular song or whatever. But yeah, him right. alive, just so good. Um, yeah, Velvet Underground, Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Another thing, too, is the, which I did not really like, what is it called? The Isle of Dogs? Yeah, I never saw it, man. I did not it. get the same, it was just really slow, like, mm. in a way that just didn't do it for me, but um, but every other movie pretty the much. Fantastic, um, that's, that's what I was going to bring up. The Fantastic Mr. Fox unbelievable, is dude. incredible because it takes all that attention to detail, and it really... I think it's an amazing example of like it 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 shows like how his his attention to detail is like just as solid whether it's in real life or you know stop motion animation. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Like and he, Bill Murray plays the uh, the badger. Yeah, the badger. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, that movie like there's just so much about the Fantastic Mr. Fox that like, I mean, truly the only reason I watched it, honestly, because it wasn't really like a story that I was super into when I was a kid or anything. Mm-hmm. The only reason I watched it was because it was Wes Anderson. Yeah. Because I knew that like, and the cast was just ridiculous, man. Yeah. The voices, you know. Uh, it was just so good, man. There's so many moments, dude, that like, you know, like the opossum, you know, whenever <laughs> he's just like, staring at him like blankly and he's like uh you all right there man oh yeah and then like oh god george clooney being george clooney but as a fox i mean oh. it's perfectly cast dude everything yeah. is perfectly uh cast in that still movie. the best scene in the entire movie is when uh jason schwartzman comes out and he's like he's like what are you what are you wearing that for he's got like a cape on or something yeah he's, yeah he's got and, like a cape and like a like yeah and he like he he like He's a smart ass. And then he just like spits on the ground and walks off or yeah, something. He's brushing his teeth. He like spits on the ground and walks away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I got to uh, watch that movie. It's and cool. then like his cousin like comes to stay with him because I think like his parent, like I think like somebody died or something. something and like his cousin yeah. comes and he's just like naturally athletic. He's more like uh, how George Clooney, that George Clooney's character, yeah. like the Fantastic Mr. Fox, wanted as a son. Right. And, you know, Jason Schwartz, uh, Schwartzman is more of like a quirky sort of like. You know, like your son Woodrow, yeah, like kind of just like <laughs> into different things other than sports and stuff. And uh, the very first night, he's just like, Wait, he says something, man, where like, where should I sleep? He's like, I don't know, 
anywhere. You know, <laughs> I don't know. That's just funny. Yeah, they're like on the little like bunk beds or whatever. Yeah, that's such a good movie. I also love that this whole episode is us just saying, "Oh yeah," and then Bill yeah, Murray does this, this, this. Well, before we get out of here, um, is wh- what are you into? Because we haven't really been, we haven't really yeah, got. No, I'm glad you asked that, man. I think I kind of mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but I got to say, like, I've kind of changed my tune a little bit on on Book of Boba Fett, the the show. I started um, it yesterday. But I don't want to say why, because I know you're not there yet. But, dude, mm. you got to stay off the internet. Otherwise, you're going to see crazy spoilers. Man. Yeah. I mean, like, I, insane stuff happens. I will say, like, and I'm only on the first episode, but, like, there is something about showing, like... The face, man. The origin story that's just, like, I just don't like it. It's like... Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> it's like what they did with, with Wolverine with, like, Fallen Sun or whatever it's called. I don't think that's not right. But it's like when they explain that, like, oh, he's he's Sabretooth's brother mm-hmm. or whatever. And originally he has these, like, bone claws. And, like, I just – it's like don't tell me any of that stuff. Just yeah. just keep complete mystery and – I mean, that's part of the appeal of, yeah. of Boba Fett, man, is that, like, nobody knows much about him. He's just, like, the ultimate bad A. And, yeah. And, you know – Maybe it gets better. Um, but, like, it does get better. But I can't wait for you to watch it because I'll, you know, it'll make sense. Episode later. five. You know, we've been watching Ozark. Um, yeah, intense, I haven't watched man. it yet. Oof. God, speaking of Jason Bateman, I just watched Bad Words the other day. Mm. Again? Yeah, I haven't, I don't know. I don't even know if. Oh, mm, I think I've seen it. I don't dude, know. Dude, you and Anne have to watch dude. it. Th- this is like as as Jason yeah, Bateman. Every, dude, that's the best part. Every movie is Bateman. Is, I mean, like, I just want. Bateman on repeat, dude. Oh yeah, dude. I, I mean, I, what's funny is like, I before that, I happened. It just popped up, and I was like, man, I haven't seen Horrible Bosses in a long time. Oh my gosh, such a dude. funny movie. But and dude, horrible, same words. with Horrible Bosses too. You know, that, that there's that yeah. scene, and man, we're really getting in the weeds here. But there's sure that scene are. whenever they're like, "What should we do?" Okay, and okay, okay, okay. Hey, you know what? This is just a problem. That means all we got to do is come up with a solution, right? You know what we do? We put some ideas up on the board, right? That's what I'm saying. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go, boys. No idea is a bad idea. Let's go. No idea is a bad idea. Who's going to start us off? I got it. Gert, let's kill these motherfuckers. No, no. Murder! Yes! That's the Chicago words. Chicago words! I want his family dead. Jason Sudeikis and uh, Charlie Day like write their ideas on the board and he's just like freak, 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 freak. and he's like boom Jason Sudeikis is super proud of this idea and he's like and a bunch of hot air come on Dale boom marker drop kidnapping that's kidnapping with one more P it is that's kidnapping he's like no 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 this is kidnapping he's like with an extra P it would that says kidnapping yeah and then he goes to erase it and it's just the most Bateman scene ever, dude. He's like, yeah. he just like so quietly, he tries to erase it. And he's like, boy, look what we have here. <laughs> and he just slams the eraser on the thing. And he's like, was this a permanent marker? And he always does that thing where he like kind of like winks, nods, and is talking at the same time. Oh, it's incredible. He's, he's the, the best. best, dude. He's so ah. freaking hilarious, man. Yeah, he's he's so funny. Dude, uh, we've been talking about way too much random stuff here, man. We sure have. Real quick before we go, I have wanted to order from this company forever and boy I would love it if they would sponsor the show but so far they're not but I've heard about it forever so it's, it's called instocktrades.com and I've always heard like oh they have the best prices on like trade paperbacks and uh, like graphic novels and you know we're talking comic stuff and I had a little Christmas money and I went in and I gotta say man they really are cheaper than anything used on Amazon. Any super crazy low price you could find on eBay. Because for trades, I don't really care. I don't care the the condition they're in. Because, you know, I'm going to throw it in a bag and take it wherever, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I got like this massive, you know, order for like, I don't know, I think it was 80 bucks. But I got the Ultra Mega Trade by James Heron, Image Comics. It looks amazing. Haven't read it yet. The uh, Batman Universe which is the hardback, which is that badass Brian Michael Bendis and Nick mm. Darrington. Uh, dude, Nick Darrington. Uh, dude, this book is incredible. It's the it's the the issues that you had to find at Walmart, which 
Oh yeah, was yeah, a yeah, nightmare yeah. to find. But they all have it in one collected edition, and it's it's just Darrington is just like, God, he's good. He's yeah. kind of like a modern Alex Toth, but he, he's incredible. Uh, I also got this book called Alack Center: Age of Disenchantment, which I think this guy's from Argentina or maybe Cuba. It's uh, Jose Munoz and Carlos so Sampaio. I'm not racist, but it's it's amazing. And the second you see it, you're going to be like, oh, that's literally Frank Miller ripped this dude off for all of Sin City. But hmm. uh, I think there's some debate out there, but I don't know. It's a little close. I found this Will Eisner book off topic hmm. of In Stock Trades at an Ollie's. If you have an Ollie's in your town, I mean, it's incredible. It's you can real, always find some real random stuff in there. So random and so like hit or miss, but like, Dude, I found this book called Will Eisner, Champion of the Graphic Novel. It's hardback. It's like this crazy, amazing binding. Six bucks for like 200 pages. Jeez. Anyway, back to In Stock Trades. This book by Jeff Lemire and Tanshi Zanjic, which is an incredible artist. Again, he's kind of that Alex Toth, Chris Samney. But uh, the book is called, it's part of the Black Hammer universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Skull Digger and Skeleton Boy. And last but not least, the some of my favorite books of all time is when DC does the Batman black and white mm-hmm. stuff because it's yeah. sort of that anthology format. It's like you know super random artist. Uh, some of my favorites are you know Paul Pope with a teenage sidekick. This story called Broken Nose. Raphael Grandpa did one. You know all these amazing artists, and a lot of them are like your non house style, like really sort of left-of-center artist, kind of like us, it, dude. myself, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. But they redid that, and I think they have six issues of it, but I just bought the hardback omnibus, uh, and all those books for like 80 bucks yeah, for, man. from in-stock trades. I'm also reading, lastly, a this book that I got for a dollar at a thrift store called Fairy Tale, F-A-E-R-I-E Tale, mm-hmm. by Raymond E. Feist, mm-hmm. and man, it's awesome. It's the one that I, I see, the... The photo of. Yeah. Really good. Really, really good. But yeah, that's, that's awesome, uh, man. That's what I've been doing. Yeah, well, I'm on book. Um, I've just been reading these dang Star Wars Bounty Hunters books, man. Oh, right. And uh, there's just. What were some, you looking for, by the way? Weren't you looking for. <sighs> yeah, man. I mean, I don't even want to say it on right now just in case someone else finds it. Mm. I got to find it. It's hard to find. And whenever, I'm not going to, not until I have them in my hands. They're expensive as crap, dude. They're not hey. on that in stock trades, by the way. Also, speaking of hard to find, what was the book that. That you could not find anywhere. Oh, uh, Manifest Destiny issue or volume God. six. Is it six or seven, man? I think it's six. Basically, it's it's from Image Comics, and it's this book called uh, Manifest Destiny. And it's sort of, by the way, if you're not into comics, you probably should have tuned out a while back. But it's uh, like Lewis and Clark and their sort of expedition, the Manifest Destiny, you know, discovering and sort of profiling America. No, dude, it is volume six. You're right. Yeah. And basically the whole sort of premise is like they're discovering like monsters and stuff. And It's a really cool premise. Really. I mean, like I I think you accidentally got me into it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, I just Did I give you the first trade or something? I think you let me borrow it. Probably. Um, And then I, like, just went nuts and just bought as many as I could get my hands on. But, Mm -hmm. like, like you said, man, and I think I found, like, a couple of wizards. And at some point, Again, folks, and you'll hear me say this every time. Wizards is our local shop that has yes, sir, used uh, trades, old back issue comics, and I mean, dude, if VHS, you're anywhere near Gainesville, toys, whatever you want, back in the day, you can find it there. Old gaming systems, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's where we check for anything that we're looking for first. And then yeah. we can't find it there. Boom. Then we go to like in stock trades, that kind of thing. But anyway. or, Ga- or Galactic Tw- uh, Quest, which is. Yeah. A comic shop in our area. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, is, uh, volume six of Manifest Destiny apparently is impossible to find. And I can't figure out why, man. Because it was released like in 2018. And mm. all the other, like volume seven, volume eight, easy to find, easy. easy to get. You look up Manifest Destiny volume six and it's like, yeah, you can buy it from Amazon for $90. Yeah, I looked I looked it up too and I can't find anybody even saying anything about it. No, I can't I can't determine why it's so expensive. What, yeah. You know, was it like a limited run that they was there some sort of printing issue? You know, initially at first I thought, okay, maybe like COVID they printed stuff. the the collection yeah, during COVID and then they just moved on and like 
volume seven. Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't know, man. It's very, it's so weird. Yeah, it is weird. So anyway, if anybody has a copy of it and you don't want to sell it for ninety dollars, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd be happy to talk. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. I just want to read what happens, man. It's so intriguing. Yeah, it's really good. Anyway, man. Anywho, we've been rambling a long time today. Well, we just, you know, we missed being on here. And so I think everybody's homework is, number one, go watch Groundhog. Yeah, absolutely. Number two, if you want to support our show, there's a a couple different ways you can do it. Mm -hmm. The first way is you can get our merch, which we have a link in our link tree that you can find on our Mm -hmm. Instagram profile at That Would Be Rad. So you can buy our merch. You can, you know, support us. By wearing that shirt around town mm-hmm. or sticker on your car or whatever or buy it is. buy us a coffee on the link tree. You can buy us a, a coffee and, and make a, a one-time donation. Mm-hmm. Or something that everybody can do that doesn't cost any money is you can rate us on both iTunes and now Spotify. Yeah, that's right. And tell a friend, a family member, a coworker about mm-hmm. our show and to check us out. That would make a world of difference. And yeah. uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Like what he said, feel free to shoot us uh, or, t- you know, jump on in over at uh, Instagram. There's always a good conversation going. And, uh, you know, if you have anything that you want to add, you know, pertaining to like the previous episode or like, oh, well, hey, I heard a story about this and you guys didn't talk about it. Hey, man, the more the merrier. Just bring it on. You know, feel free to shoot us uh, DMs if you want to tell us a story or anything like that. If you want to tell us a more long form story record a voice memo, write an essay, whatever. Send it over mm-hmm. to that would be radpod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. You got Absolutely. anything else, Woody? I think that's it, man. All right. Well, as we always say, we love you, we appreciate you. And as always, be rad. That's the way Yeah.